0: Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards
1: minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month.
0: Proceeds from each box goes to more than baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players.
1: We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer, so if you've got a mom or a dad, or grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at SportsBallBox.com. Is there anybody there? Most people don't know that when a peacock flies, they have some feathers like deep under their uh, wingspan it's that crazy. are a coral color. And there they go. And, uh, you know, it's what you might have to ask him, like, whether he knew that going in and <laughs> just wanted to make it fit or if he really, um, you know, saw that and then did it.
0: What's up, Dad Hat Crew? Ed here. You know, this episode, I bring you guys Greg Sullivan. He's one of the co-owners of the Carolina Disco Turkeys. We talked about how he grew up a fan of baseball, specifically the Atlanta Braves. We forgive it for that. It's cool, though. And then also how he goes from being a journalist to now uh, running one of the most fun, successful collegiate wood bat teams in the uh, in the nation. Uh, so, guys, without further ado, I give you the episode. all right well i want to welcome you guys to yet another episode of the data chronicles obviously you already know who i am my name is ed and with me today guys i have a co-owner of the one of the most fun brands out there the disco turkeys greg sullivan how are you doing my friend oh
1: i'm good we're uh really getting close to the season here so uh it's it's been some long days but uh (laughs) You know, we're having fun. I think it's going to be, you know, I think in a lot of ways, year two is uh, is uh, pretty exciting. Uh, year one, there's a lot of stresses. And year two, it's kind of, all right, now we know kind of what the baseline is. Let's see how awesome we can make this thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But before I go into the team, I want to get to know you, uh, the fan, right? Um, tell me. Growing up, how'd you you become a fan of baseball? What was that moment for you?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I grew up in a part of North Georgia uh, where, like, everyone plays baseball. Um, You know, to our south, we were kind of in the exurbs of Atlanta. And, like, maybe 30, 40 minutes south of us were all, like, the fancy kids who played for, like, the East Cobb teams and stuff like that. Like, all the travel ball uh, families and stuff. Uh, You know, I ended up going to the University of Georgia, didn't play baseball there. Obviously, even if I were a pretty good baseball player, that's the elite of the elite, right? So did not play baseball in college or even in high school. Um, And uh, at Georgia, I did did work um, for a while uh, for the city parks in Athens, Georgia. And, uh, you know, I did notice that, like, the parking lots, you would have, like, the uh all the trucks in one and then like all the Land Rovers for the soccer kids in the other one I don't know if it's like that everywhere that was just our demographics of our city I guess um, so, so I, I say all that to kind of say maybe maybe we're a little bit preordained to go down a path but uh <laughs> You know, I I do think, especially what's drawn me to minor league baseball and summer collegiate baseball, it, you know, I do enjoy the game and and there's a sense of nostalgia, you know, like going to a game with your family when you're a little kid, Braves or other teams, wherever you're from. Um, But I think the other thing is like kind of the smaller baseball environments, the intimacy um, is amazing at the smaller levels. And, you know, really, I mean, I was a Braves fan as a kid and, uh, Always follow baseball, but you know, now kind of as especially like as you get older and like some of your families passed away and stuff, you have like memories. And, right you know, my memory looking back is uh, my grandfather, he, he was a guy that worked all the time. He had a small business. And uh, one week a year, he would take off and it was uh, spring training. And we would get in the like a big van yeah. and go all the way from North Georgia to West Palm Beach, Florida, which is about the same as like going. Georgia to like Michigan you know it's like a it's It's just because
0: Florida is so long
1: yeah it's a border state but it's like this, like four or five more hours of Georgia and then like seven or eight hours of Florida so you get there uh (laughs) as a kid it felt like a you know really long Um, (laughs) an eternity yeah you try to sleep a little but but the games man I mean you know you'd be so close to like Deion Sanders Ron Gant and all those guys in the early 90s and Steve Avery I remember him pretty well back then um you know and it's like three or four thousand people there and like a little hot you know place a bunch of retirees and then just a few little families and you're like right up next to the players and I think uh you know trying to kind of feel some of that intimacy but also like make it even more of a right entertainment spectacle you know
0: yeah, no, I get it. And it's I think that's what's so much fun about Also, Like you said, it's like, you know, just traveling, going to see baseball games, you know, and again, minor league baseball. Right. There's something the the family that brings family together. And it's such a great thing. I love that. Uh, I love that about baseball. Um, so. <clears throat> so you say you go to college, um, you don't play and then, you know, life happens and, you know, how did you go from college to working to now owning a team how that happened
1: yeah well I so I was a journalism major in school Um, you know Georgia is one of those like state schools that like you know has some really specific programs where they're mm-hmm. just like very very strong and yep. kind of like Missouri you know and Columbia and you know just like some random schools across the country just really good journalism program and you know, maybe it's cause CNN and all that's down there. I don't really know. But, um, so that, you know, the live music, uh, in Athens and then journalism brought me there and then you get out of school and I was like really big into music. So I didn't do internships like you're supposed to when you're in college. <laughs> right. And so, so I get out and like, I'm a writer and into music and stuff. And I start talking to all these like small town papers about just letting me work for them. Um, and I realized like the only jobs were like managing editor, which seemed kind of stressful. You had to go to like six 7 AM, like budget meetings and stuff. And I'm like, or there's the other full-time job that all these places have, which was sports editor. Um, so I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not a morning person really. So I'll, I'll do that. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's, that's a different hat, right? It's like, you've got to be objective and, uh, you know, it's a different way of looking at sports. Um, but I think it's a good way to like kind of step back and analyze it, you know? So I, I do. And I, for whatever reason, I think especially in the summer collegiate level, you do find a lot of like former uh, newspaper magazine writers that run uh, teams. Um, I'm trying to think in like, you know, I know at least of, of one the Ashboro uh, zookeepers, their, their GM is a former newspaper guy. Uh, Interesting. Victoria Harbor cats. Um and uh, Nanaimo Night Owls, I have just kind of connected with him over the internet and he's a former uh, a reporter as well. So it's like you kind of may, maybe there's something about that, like being able to kind of like take the, you know, we're all kind of fans at some level. But I think like kind of taking a step back and being objective for a part of your life lets you kind of see what works and doesn't work and kind of try to make one of these teams really cool
0: yeah and that's interesting right because you say you go from journalism to you know sports editor and all that to you know owning a team or being at least in other you know other instances where you become a a gm is you guys have a first-hand look at the day-to-day of what is going on you know when you are working in that other field right and you see everything and it's like all right you know why not try it out yeah
1: exactly i think it helps i mean you know, I, I, uh, I was a, so I was a sports writer after that first job. I, I did the unusual jump from a really, really small paper to a really, really big one, which is very culturally a shock, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I was uh, at the Nashville Tennessean and really like minor league baseball is kind of like I mean, the general assignment person does it or like the new guy does it. So (laughs) even though I was in my 20s, you know, the AAA beat in some cities might be a bigger deal. But like I mean, it was important, but it was like, you know, the the veteran reporters were covering the Titans or the Predators. And it was kind of cool because like we were a big market newspaper and and these players were really good players. Triple A. But like, oh, yeah, they're one step away from the majors. Yeah, but it's just, but it's also like a really cool, like, you know, this, it was a good place to learn, you know, like you, but because it's, uh, when you cover minor league baseball as a writer, um, it's not really so much about the wins and losses and the stats. It's more about like, can you make this a personal interest story? Can you find ways to make this engaging, you know, um, which is weird because for the players, it's a grind, you know, they're like playing every day, but for right. us, we're, we're like thinking about it differently, like from the story angle. Um, and, and so, but the biggest thing I learned from there, that job was like, I can go to like 80, 90 of these games and still come back, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause it would be kind of scary to jump into something so demanding, like this, this role of like building a team and maintaining a team Um, if you don't know for sure, you're you're stomach (laughs) to hack it, you know, which I'm sure happens.
0: Right. Exactly. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that's interesting. I like that. Uh, you're like, all right, let's go, let's do it. You know, like you said, a lot of the new uh, employees or, you know, someone that's like low on the totem pole gets those assignments, but it ended up becoming very fortuitous for you. You know, that's something that, you know, it ingrained, you're like, all right, I can do this. This is something that I, that I really like doing.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, I, you know, it's I also, like, got introduced to summer collegiate baseball in that job. Um, There was a team in Nashville that started up called the Outlaws. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, I covered them a little bit, but, like, our focus was on the bigger teams. Uh, But it's funny, like, since then I've connected with the guy who used to own that team. And, like, we've, like, corresponded and kind of bounced ideas off each other. Um, So it has kind of paid off. And, like, you know, I've also... I would say also like I've done some like corporate communications work as well, which, you know, doesn't sound too sexy, but I think it was helpful. Um, you know, just writing about stuff and doing task oriented work uh, is, isn't, maybe isn't the only preparation you need. So like kind of managing a brand for like a big company is, as, as uh, annoying and boring as that can sound. It probably was helpful and helpful to know how, you know, even if you aren't someone who wants to work for a big corporation, you need to know how to talk to people that do, because those people might be uh, potential sponsors or potential people you've got to sell tickets to.
0: And and, and you're right. It's like, You got to know how to talk to different people, how to treat them different, you know, not just corporate, but like other, you know, small businesses and all that. So there's a a different uh, way that you talk to people. And I I, that's fascinating to me. I absolutely think that's, you know, one of those craziest things. I couldn't do it just because I would always like to joke around and like, you know, that's in my nature. So I don't know how I would handle that. (laughs) Um, So. So. so Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So let me It's ask not always you. easy. <laughs> it's true. True. <laughs> so let me ask you. Um, so how and and tell me, why collegiate woodbat, right? Why? Because there's other opportunities out there. And why pick it, you know, pick the collegiate woodbat uh leagues in that matter for you guys.
1: Right. I think, uh, you know, I think minor league teams have a lot of fun and I think it's probably a fun job for, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've been around some teams that have cool work cultures, you know, they get to experiment a little bit, but I, I do think, you know, um, there are probably fewer boundaries um, yep. with summer with that. And, and like, you know, on one hand, you know, we do have boundaries. We can't really just do whatever we want. And so like, we've got to, Maintain relationships with the players their college coaches so we take that very seriously you know I I try to let my coach coach and you know we work together and we make sure the players have a good experience and and all of that on one hand and on the other hand you know we try to make it fun for the players and sometimes some of that experimentation that we are able to do technically is what gives the guys a good time and so for example I always say that Last, last year, we had a game where we wore shorts, um, you know, and you see teams that do things like that. Um,
0: going White Sox style, huh? Going
1: White Sox style. And we play in a ballpark that's a White Sox affiliate, you know, so it's kind of fun. Uh, good, little cool, little connection. And it's also like the disco era connection to, to that yep. style. Um, so there's a lot of history there. But I, I mean, even that, like, you know, it's creative, it's different, but like there's a major league precedent. So like if, if major leaguers were allowed to do it, I guess my guys have to be like, well, we'll give it a shot. Um, so we do that, but like, you know, I think we can't make them do that every game. So it's True. like, that's kind of the trade-off. It's like, you know, we, we, uh, we all kind of have fun together. We all take their health and safety seriously and we all, want the players to improve every season and we, we try to win the games if we can. Um, mm-hmm. but it, we also have a good time. And, and for the players, like, you know, they're all kind of coming from different college environments, but for the most part, like, you know, they, they get really competitive in their spring seasons and to some, you know, they so often they have very serious goals, uh, for improvement or, or just reps and that kind of thing. But, uh, there's a part of them I think that wants to unwind within reason. They want to like kind of do both, get their get their work in, you know, get a little better, uh, but also not be in such a structured thing where they have to wake up at six and do this at seven and eight. Well, yeah,
0: and, and it's you know, it's their summer at the same time. You know, they they want to get better, like you said, but at the same time, listen, let's have fun because at the end of the game, it's a it's a kid's game, right?
1: It is, yeah. It, it gets very uh, you know, when as they get better and better, it's oh yeah, it gets very competitive, better, right? But but they look out in the crowd, I think, for our games. And I think they remember, you know. So, like, um, you know, for our players that play at Wake Forest, you know, they play in front of several hundred people. So, like, it's not a big change for them. But we have kids that come from, like, D2 and D3 schools. And, uh, you know, sometimes great programs. But maybe it's just their girlfriends in the crowd, you know, and that kind of stuff. So, it's like – They get a little uh, nervous. Yeah, they come out here and it's like, it's fun. They're like, oh, man, kids want me to sign a ball. You know, I'm like – I'm in a tiny college where no one's asked me that in a while. So they're like super excited. And, and I think they have a lot
0: of fun. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, let me ask you, why choose the disco Turkey as a name? Uh, I think
1: because we could, you know, I, I think, uh, <laughs> great answer. I love it. <laughs> we can. Well, I, I think, you know, like our city felt like it was a place that that would work. Um, we're like, you know, a little bit of a, I wouldn't say like an irreverent city or Mm -hmm. anything like that, but we're like a, I think we're like funky enough, you know, where people aren't expecting some kind of poll tested uh, identity, you know? And then like, there's, there's teams all around. So like, you know, if we do something and like one or two people were like, eh, I don't like that. It, Mm -hmm. that doesn't hurt us at all. You know, it's like you go watch, the grasshoppers dash the rockers like all these other teams in this area
0: there's Uh, plenty plenty for you to choose a team for you to follow
1: and i think that helps i think it's like we didn't have to be i mean we in some ways we're starting out as a niche product you know like we we don't have to be everyone's favorite but like we do have a cult following and i think that would be hard to do if you were you just some random team name like the you know i don't want to name like the I'll, I'll just use my school Bulldogs, which is fine for college, but maybe wouldn't be a great baseball team name. Yeah, yeah
0: I get it. Or choosing a uh, your parent club, you know, name. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and listen, I'm one of your followers. Okay. <laughs> I, I have, uh, I have actually got a couple of the hats already. You know, I have the dad hat. So I'm, I am a fan of the, of, of the team. So, so let me ask you this part. Um, so you're a Braves fan. So is that the reason why on the sleeves you guys have that homage to the Braves, you know, the 70s Braves logo, like, you know, with the feather?
1: Yeah, um, I'd say maybe a little bit, you know, I I think the Braves historically have been like the team of the South and to some extent the team of the nation, one of the top, you know, I think there was a time where like, you could look at any random state Mm -hmm. that didn't have a team and one of their top two or three favorites was always the Braves because of TBS.
0: Yeah. It was, it was nationally televised.
1: Yeah. Like there were like, there are like counties in Maine that their favorite team are the Braves, you know, like at least, at least 10 years ago, that could have changed. Um, So, yeah, you know, I don't know. I think, I mean, I'm still a Braves. I, I still like the Braves. I don't really, I don't, like publicly claim a big fandom just because of <laughs> what our role is, you know. Oh, you uh, can We'll work. Yeah. We'll work with any scout, you know, that wants to come watch our players. We're happy to get absolutely them as you and, uh, should. And, uh, so, so I don't, I don't claim any like allegiance really publicly. Um, but I, you know, I have some good memories as a kid watching some Braves game and I, Braves games, and I thought it was cool. Just someone who grew up in Georgia that they had such a good year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think. You know, that said, I think just as a baseball fan, there were some guys that played for the Braves in that era, like Hank Aaron, but, you know, some of those other guys too, that just looked kind of cool in in those uniforms, you know, and they, you know, they weren't every year, they weren't awesome, but, but uh, they had some good historic moments. And uh, it's a cool, it's a cool, uh, I mean, I can't really think of too many more memorable uh, designs from that era.
0: And, and it, and it, look, it pops. It's, it's great. I soon when I saw the release of it, you know, I went straight to, you know, John Travolta, you know, that's what I went to. And, and I, I think everybody's a fan. I have not spoken to a single person that has said anything bad about the name, the logo or anything when it comes to you guys, I think it's, it's been overall a, a huge success.
1: I think so. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, I thought people were going to like it, but I, I think, you know, especially that first month or two after announcing the team, it was kind of interesting how widespread and universal (laughs) people enjoyed it. Um, Yeah. And I think really at the end of the day, it's just something that brings some joy, you know, and it's fun. And I think that, I mean, there's, you know, Britain did some great work. I think, uh, you know, people see the intention and art behind the design. And there, there are some other teams across the country that I think, you know, you can say similar things about, but I, I do think the combination of the name, uh, the uniform, the logos, if it, it's all kind of, I mean, I, I enjoy all of it still, even this much later.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and, and I'll be, obviously I'll be talking to him regarding his process of this, but, you know, tell me a little bit about that, right? You know, obviously this is not my friend's podcast, you know, Paul's, you know, yeah. but like there was a process to this, right. You know, to this, you guys set down multiple conversations I'm sure was had and it, how, how that go.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's the kind of thing where, you know, we had a lot of thought about like what we wanted in mind. Like, you know, I kind of, I came to him with a name, knowing I wanted an animal, had some ideas. I knew I wanted to evoke the seventies. And I knew in some ways kind of how, but I, there were some challenges, you know, like, like, I, you know, and I talked to Paul about this, like, how do you physically show a peacock where you're like, showing the full uh, palette of color showing kind <laughs> right. of that, that, like, all the plumage and all this and like, physically, how do you contort the animal's body in a way that shows that off, but also shows shows like movement, you know, and it's, it's really tough. Um, I was even like, kind of sketching some things out when I was thinking about it. And like, I mean, I don't think it would have been easy f- you know, for me to figure out how to make it work. And that, and that's where, you know, some of where Brit- Britain's thoughts really carried it to the next level. Um, but yeah. And I think also like, you know, I don't know, you know, so many teams go with one of these big design firms. And I think for some of them, that's probably the right move, because for me, I was very hands-on in the process Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a good idea for most, in my opinion, most uh, of the marketing people and the people for teams that do this. Cause I'm, I'm kind of like an artistic guy, Um, you know, can't do what Britain does by any means. But like, I think I was someone who was comfortable having those conversations and working with somebody outside the box and trusting that, okay, I, I can see some genius in this person's work. I think this is a good fit for them and kind of trusting that they were going to deliver on it and kind of working with them on how to, and really he, he did so much great work for us and still does. And, you know, I think, but I think that was the thing for us to make it work. We wanted to go with someone who wasn't something you you've seen like 20 different logos that they've done. We wanted something that was unique. Uh, and one some, something that we, we liked, not just, that oh they've done some good stuff but no we really like the essence and the some of the quirkiness of their work um and trust that it would fit and figure it out you know
0: yeah no i mean and Like I said, he did great. You know, he's done some, you know, he did some previous work, right? For MLB rally where, Mm -hmm. you know, he did the the rally cues and all that. And I was like, oh, that's a great logo. And then come to find out that he was also the designer of the disco turkeys. I'm like, oh my God, you know, and and you said like you went outside the box. You didn't go with a main, you know, brand company you went with someone and he's also local here in North Carolina which is also a good you know thing you know it's like he has an idea of the colors and you know what would you know work in the in this area
1: yeah I think that's true I think yeah you know you want people that like that really feel things that like maybe maybe even that's not very obvious on the surface of yeah. how well they know it and you're like, huh? I'm noticing new little small details that they embedded into this. Like an example would be the the uh, coral color of uh, our branding is actually most people don't know that when a peacock flies, they have some feathers like deep under their uh, wingspan That's that are crazy. that coral color. And there they go. And that, you know, it's one you might have to ask him like whether he knew that going in and just <laughs> wanted to make it fit, or if he really. Um, you know, saw that and then did it. I think it's probably a combination of the two where he just kind of really likes that color, saw that, and then probably adjusted uh,
0: to make A little bit as, as everything match. went on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But that, but that's the kind of detail, you know, and thought I like behind things we do. And uh, yeah. And it's been fun. I think I learned a lot from him and kind of, we learned from each other and uh, you know, it, <laughs> It, it did take a while, and like you said, there are lots of conversations. And you know, I think, you know, you can probably get a good brand for a team without doing all that. But yeah. I think, I think we were able to make it work really well for us.
0: I love it. Now, let me ask you this: without you know going into too much details, I don't want you to you get everything away. Are you guys working on other designs? Any other stuff? You know, for you know, because that's alternate. You're right. You got alternate. Things for uh, minor league baseball, and I think that's where a lot of the stuff comes from. Is that something that you guys are also dabbling into as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, for us, you know, like especially like things like merch, and uh, you know, um, really kind of making uh, making your branding and, and making your team identity um, more have more dimensions to it. You know, right. like like it's stuff that. I mean, the idea is it like kind of works with what you currently have, but it like expands the palette a little bit in a tasteful way or shows a new uh, layer of what you're doing. Um, and people, and like fans, you know, I, I think minor league baseball fans and uh, fans of like sports team fashion and stuff are probably like more astute than people give credit to. Like they're not just nerdy dudes. They actually like a lot of these, uh, men and women or kids or whatever have a lot of uh, a lot of taste and like thoughts and and I think it's cool. Give them some more options, right? Like let them let them embrace different parts of your brand that they didn't even think about before. Um, and so yeah, Britain I think is someone who is. We're not just talking about let's let's make a logo. Like we're talking about let's build an identity. Let's build a thing. You know. And yeah, we're all, a we're all brand. Yeah, yeah, we're always adding to it, but also like yeah, I think there's a lot of potential for, uh, you know, alternate identities and and things like that. And, you know, we, we've seen teams, uh, you know, you see a lot of teams have promotional nights where they like do a one-off and and that's Mm -hmm. cool. I I think for us, like it's, we're thinking about a little bit differently. So like, you know, we we've looked into like split squad games and like ways we could, uh, you know, bring something new to the table and, uh, kind of how it could help the team functionally and mm-hmm. uh you know, and so you know i think we're interested in trying some things out that are uh, you know like 180 degrees different from what we're doing but also still fits in some ways it fits together
0: within your, your brand and everything as long as you guys got bring me more dad hats i'm a happy <laughs> camper i'm telling you that right now you bring more and i'm buying we get we
1: do need more dad hats i, I had a couple uh social media messages recently that weren't from you. Uh, <laughs> that, that, like, give us some bad hats. Uh, but it is funny, like, you get people, that, which is a good that's a good sign. You get people that reach out with all these different things. It's like, you know, we have, like, two or three people that really want visors, but I don't know if it's just they're the only two, th- two or three people that want visors <laughs> or if there's, like, a, a demand on, under the surface of people that want visors. And that's cool. I mean, you know, I think... I think we're going to like keep doing the team and keep, uh, adding on. So like if, if what people want, isn't there this year, that doesn't mean we won't have next year. Yeah. And the year, year, year after. Yeah. yeah.
0: I can tell you this, dad hat is a thing, you know, that it is a real movement. I am the, the chief president of this right now. <laughs> so it's going to happen. I'm telling you guys. Well,
1: uh, I like about dad hats is it's uh, really an interesting cross section of people. Like it's, uh, we have a lot of male and female fans who yep. both like dad hats. You see old, old dudes that wear dad hats. You see twenty-five-year-old yep. men yeah. that wear dad hats, and. It, it's it, interesting. And it's a it, good, it have no boundaries.
0: It's a good thing too. I mean, if you sit on it, you know, you, no harm, no foul, right. You yeah. sit on a, on a structured hat, that's it. You're going to have to really pay some money to get it fixed. So <laughs> that's why I look at it as golf. It's amazing. Uh, let me ask you something about the team itself. And I forgot to ask you earlier. Uh, so I'm, I was looking at the schedule of the team and everything, but you guys did not specifically join an actual league. You guys play different, uh teams was that purposely done um did you guys not want to join one specific league
1: yeah i mean a combination probably i would say um
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know one we've got uh it would be there would be some challenges in like sharing facilities and and fulfilling league obligations with the gotcha. schedule um I think that would just be different from year to year. So like this year, for example, the dash play at home a lot in June, not their choice. That's the schedule. That's just their way
0: it felt. Yeah.
1: And so like, we look at that and we're like, well, we've got one weekend at home in June and it's all good. We've, we've figured it out how to make it work for this year, but I think with a the league that would have been a bigger challenge probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, next year we could do that again. And it work out like last year where, where there's a few more, a little more balance in where their home games are, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so there's that component. And then I think also like we we're just really trying to play the best teams we can find and, and kind of keep it kind of regional. Um, Mm. I mean, it's a travel budget question there, but also like player lifestyle, like it's like, you know, some of these teams, like they're driving five or six hours all the time and stuff like that. And, um so it's a, a few components there but uh we are part of the uh Triple ABA yeah um, so we go up there and play in the national tournament in Pennsylvania we play some good local teams here before that for you know for the months we're here um but you know i, I think for us too like we we have less of a need of credibility than, than some other newer teams because of the facilities we play in so like if you're if you're playing uh, your games and like Truist Stadium, LP Friends uh, and Hickory and uh, Truist Point and High Point and places like that, like the players know they're going to get a cool playing experience. So like you're not having to be like, well, we're in this league or that league. It's like, well, you know, we'll play some good teams and play in some great facilities and then co play in an awesome tournament at the end of the year. So it's just work for us, you know.
0: Let me ask you, because you say you, you, and you do, I, and I'm looking to here, you, you play a different couple of stadiums here and there. How is it then, how do you manage the merchandise sale at a home game? Uh, Cause that has to be challenging all on it, at its own.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, um, well, it's not, it hasn't been too challenging on the merchandise side. Um, we we're kind of, pretty nimble and used to uh, showing up at like county fairs and like uh, pop-ups and working with like sponsors and showing up at, you know, event fundraisers and events Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, So we were kind of mobile there. Um, You know, it is easier, I guess, at the home games because, you know, we always set up in the same spot and have some tables and chairs where we want them and the dash kind of work with us to help make it easy. Um, But yeah. I mean, I'm excited actually. And from a merch standpoint, I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the crowd sizes are in, in the different venues this year. And, you know, um, on one hand, but on the other hand, like when we go to these new cities, a whole bunch of people that may not have any of our stuff. So it might actually be a good thing on the merch side. Heck yeah, it is. <laughs> but uh, I would say the other end of, the, of your question though, to kind of, Give the nuance you're probably looking for is that it was probably a challenge just in the off season, just kind of setting up the schedule because it it is a lot more, uh, that's a lot more logistics to navigate, Mm -hmm. just kind of dealing with, you know, a lot of great people, but just usually you're just dealing with like one or two great people instead of like having to
0: deal with like a whole bunch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like it. I like it. That's awesome. I, and I, I love the, the, the way that you guys approach it. Hey, we've done all this. We've gone to county fairs. We've done all this. We're gonna approach it the same way. We're gonna do a pop up. Here it is. Come get our stuff until we sell out, or you know, until the game is over, and that's it.
1: Yeah, it's fun, and uh, you know, I think the merch is part of what you know people go to the games for. At least for us, you know, it's a piece of it. We have a lot of fans that are probably you know, unconventional baseball fans, maybe they're mm-hmm. just like into arts and music and stuff. And we've got people that just like are super fans that like travel from stadium to stadium. We, we get kind of all kinds and we, we enjoy all of them. it's, it's <laughs> everyone's
0: welcome. Um, I love it. I think it's great. Absolutely. And, and, and look, listen, you're, you're seeing my wall, right? I'm, yeah. I'm a collector myself. So I, I think, you know, there's a big huge group of us that we just enjoy when you see great logos you want to get it and that's just how that goes so which is a good thing for you because you sell a lot
1: yeah right and it's it's uh yeah it's you're almost like a combination of a sports fan and an art collector an art fan oh yeah i mean it's it's uh it's a cool thing and like as as you're into this culture right like you uh you learn who all these other cool people are, and you s- see what all these other teams are doing. Like you, you know, even earlier when you're talking about the the uh, Hank Aaron '70s Braves feather, like Britton and I were talking earlier. That looks like the Gwinnett Braves have a little fish. Yes, they in do. The shape. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And it's like, you know, you notice like when you're constantly thinking of designs, or you're a collector. You, you're, you start to see all these connections
0: that the little, are happening, you know, right? Exactly. The little details is really what's great about that. I, and you're right. I love that, you know, that Gwinnett has that fish and all that. And it's, and it's amazing. I, it's I absolutely, so- I absolutely love that. So uh, one final question here, before we go into our, you know, the fun part of the, the interview, uh, any future plans for you guys, you know, you guys have anything cool plan uh, for this year or that, you uh, you are able to say, you know, here.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, it's these, these podcasts are taped late at night, so you never know what people are going to say. Right. <laughs> um, True. Yeah. We've got a lot going on. We're, uh we're uh doing some collaborations with different local companies. So like, you know, it's like, we're thinking through things like, can we find, products that we can make a disco turkey version of it you know and like things like that a lot of teams are doing that which is cool because it's a way to connect with your city connect with local small right. businesses um so we're doing that kind of stuff uh you know we're working with the humane society a lot this year so like more like dog nights and stuff like that love that um, that's going to be fun um and then uh yeah we're working on alternate uh identities like you're kind of hinting at we're doing some of that and, uh, you know, let's see, what else? And then we are playing um, <clears throat> a cricket team.
0: What?
1: Yeah, uh, we're playing them in cricket and in baseball. So I'll Oh, so
0: you know, guys are going to be flip-flopping. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> so yeah. where, where are you guys going to do this? Because I want to be there for this. Yeah,
1: these will be in North Carolina, kind of places we never played before um But we're we're trying to work through like okay what makes it fun for the fans and like safe for the players so it, it's gonna be like they're not gonna be pitching to us you know we're gonna like probably mix the rosters up and make it work yeah so so these are like so on top of playing all these venues we're like working through um, some of these outside the box ideas you know and it's the kind of thing we're like every player doesn't have to do it. So like, if, you know, some, it's
0: if not you don't very, feel comfortable. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 Um, we're like, yeah, thinking through some unique, uh, things like that, but it's a life experience thing for us. Like, it's like, you know, you're meeting people and those guys are like from like countries like India and Pakistan and places like that. And you're playing a different sport and, uh, you know, it, it'll be a fun cultural experience. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you know, last year we'll probably do it again this year if they'll let us. We go to play in Martinsville against the uh, CPL team up there. And the Martinsville speed speedway guys, like the tr- racetrack, they like like show us around, give us a tour and stuff. So it's like, you know, we're we're doing all these fun things and talking to people, meeting people, and
0: that's you know. amazing. I think that's amazing. I love that. And it's the CPL is a great, you know, league. So another collegiate wood bet league here. So that's, I love that. I think that's great. Um, all, right. all right. So I, 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 okay. One more question and I promise I will, we'll go into it. All right, so I'm definitely going to be making my way down to, um, to see you guys. I want to throw out a first pitch. Am I able to, to weasel my way into doing one of those?
1: Yeah, I don't see why not. I love um, that yeah just email me the day as you want we'll talk about it but yes yeah,
0: do it I love it all right perfect okay so first question here my friend you go to the ballpark as a fan not so you're not working none of that what is your food and drink of choice
1: um I like a bratwurst probably oh yeah You know, and not every place has them. So it's like if you get a good one, you get it. Sometimes you have to find the special cart in the stadium that has them. If they're like mostly pushing the hot dogs, off in a cut. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I like it. I like it. Uh, All right, so let's take a look here. What do you think the most boring sport is? Hmm. I mean even the ones that are
1: like boring on the surface are kind mm-hmm. of amusing by how <laughs> they boring. have their own quirkiness to it. Yeah, like like the like you know because the winter olympics were recent, right? So what are the sports? Like there were some bizarre sports, right? And like
0: biathlon, you're skiing and then shooting a gun.
1: No, I'm, I'm like blanking, but it's like the one that's like on ice and they're like pushing the thing and they're sweeping.
0: It's oh, like, uh,
1: curling. Yeah, curling. And like nothing wrong with it. But it's, it's just, it's hilarious and funny that like, you oh, know, broom, like, right. You're just sweeping like, and they just look like normal people. And I mean, it probably takes a ton of skill, but it's like, it's so foreign to me that like, I, I'm interested, even though it's like,
0: Oh, I find myself watching it all the time. That's yeah. the one that if I was going to choose an Olympic sport, win an Olympic sport to play, that's the one I would choose. curling well, we Absolutely.
1: For other reasons. Like maybe I have a shot, you know,
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like that. Uh, okay, so if you could be any fiction or character, who would it be
1: I should have probably prepped like listen to some of your past ones, right?
0: Oh, see, that's the whole that's the beauty about this. These are new too, so not a lot of people have been able to hear this.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. I think you know I'm trying to think of something universal. like I, I can't really. Um, but I want to give you an answer.
0: so many characters out there yeah there really are many good movies yeah and and this is like who i would be if i were yep if you want any movie so for example for me and i tell this to my wife all the time if i could be a (laughs) fictional character it would be indiana jones
1: yeah that's a good one and i I do kind of like that one i don't want to steal your guy (laughs) Um, go for it
0: you can absolutely
1: yeah i'm trying i'm trying to think if that has anything to do with uh it does kind of have a little bit to do with running one of these teams. And I'll say why, because uh, because it can be like really nerdy, like the work mm-hmm. you're doing to prepare for the season. But then like, yep, then it's awesome once you actually do it. You know what I mean? Yep, so like, exactly. He, he's this professor and his day job, you know, we've all been there, like, you know, researching and learning all these facts. And then <laughs> the, you, you never do know the some stuff afterwards. At. Yeah. So I think that's a The planning for these teams can be that way. But then, uh, but then the, when the game happens, it's like magic, you know?
0: It's true. True story. Okay. So uh what Disney princes would make the best spy? Oh man.
1: I have a six year old daughter. So like I've seen so many of these and like so many yeah. new ones that I didn't watch when I was a kid.
0: My daughter's about to be four. I've seen way too many disney movies. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um uh, I mean the frozen ones wouldn't be too bad.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: Maybe as a team cuz I think maybe either of them would be They make a
0: good pair. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like it. Uh okay, so if you were to pick a weapon of choice for the zombie apocalypse, which one would it be?
1: Okay. Um Probably some kind of sword, like a like a uh, you, you know, like on Game of Thrones, like the Dithraki swords. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. It really, yeah.
1: Up some zombies with this.
0: <laughs> Jump, you might want the horse too, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. You have to. <laughs> uh Have you ever regifted a gift?
1: not only only like an, in the games like like when you're you know in school and you're doing the whole like yeah change like i've done it in the course i don't know if that counts but in the course of those those games you do it you kind of feel like mildly bad but not really because it's <laughs> a strategy but but no nah, like i don't i don't think i've done it unless it was like an intentional joke to true you know then probably
0: <laughs> um what has been the best Wi-Fi name that you've seen? <laughs> uh
1: you know, I don't know. I, I've so it's been a while since I've lived in like like condo type places where there's yeah. like where you pull it up and there's like 50 of them. And it's been a, a few years since I've had to like steal Wi-Fi, you know.
0: Um, <laughs> You're right.
1: So, so, uh, I, I think all my neighbors are locked anyway, probably. Um, but yeah, I do think I do like remember back like maybe 15, 20 years ago, uh, when I lived in like an apartment complex, I would see like names like, you know, like stinky pants and stuff like that, where, where, like, <laughs> I think the goal of them was kind of like, do you really want to steal this? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think exactly. That
0: do you really want to talk? Do you really want to let's let's have that conversation? Yeah, because <laughs> I think uh, there are like
1: college apartments and stuff like that where like a lot of people are stealing passwords. And oh, stealing for
0: sure. Mobile. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't. Ne- I never did that at all. <laughs> you know, uh, let's take a look here. Um, let's see. I'm trying to. Uh, OK, which animal is the biggest party animal, in your opinion?
1: mean definitely a
0: peacock right hey see there you go i like it that is a great great answer absolutely uh and then one more here and then we i'll get you out of here uh your favorite tv show growing up huh that's tough
1: because i like there were times where i just watched sports to be honest so yeah, I like, I didn't really like sit down and watch TV.
0: I still put, you know, I got a TV behind me. I still put ESPN on on a loop all day long. It's just how that goes. You're MLB Network and ESPN still yeah, like to this a, day, like
1: a sports bar at your house, I like
0: Exa- Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, Except when I'm uh, when I'm working, I never do that. When I'm actually working,
1: yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I, I you know, I think as a kid, I actually watched a lot of like retro tv shows like mm-hmm. like uh like cheers and stuff like that you know
0: gotcha love it love it uh great thank you so much for doing this this was a lot of fun where can people find you on the socials
1: yeah we're uh, across the board we're at disco turkeys um you know we're very active on twitter uh facebook and instagram and uh merch is at shopdiscoturkeys.com um You know, I hope to see some of you guys out at some baseball games this summer.
0: Oh, don't you worry. I will make sure that I put all this information on the show notes and then you can count on me, uh, at least me. But I will definitely bring the family with me to go uh, catch a a disco turkey game uh, up there in uh, Truist Park, my friend. Thank you so much again. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoy that episode with Greg. Make sure you guys are following the team on all social media channels. They are a lot of fun. Now, before I go, a couple of things, okay? One, make sure that you're telling at least one more person about this episode and about the podcast, so that way they can also enjoy it as much as you are. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and, uh, you know, give it five stars. Five stars means I go up on the rankings. And now, until then, guys, keep on grinding and always support the minor leagues. See ya
1: this podcast is part of the curved brim media network here are some of the other members of curved brim media
0: Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport.
1: I'm Paul Caputo and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna DiTomaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at patlarson1. I hope you guys enjoy.
0: This is Patrick and Corey of BaseballMapper.com and we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball, so get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brand Media at curvebremedia.com.